This is the fourth episode in the series Our Mother Tongue 108 Facts About Sanskrit. In this episode, we will look at Yaska and his contributions to etymology. Fact 38 Yaska was the greatest etymologist of our mother tongue. Etymology is a study of the origin of words and their meanings. Nirutta is the word used in Sanskrit to refer to one of the ancillary sciences connected to the Vedas, which covers etymology and studies the interpretation of the words in the Vedas. The most well-known ancient scholar in this area whose works have come down to us is Yaska. His work is simply called Nirukta. There were many etymologists before him and Yaska built his theories over the vast amount of work that existed before him. Gargya was one such ancient etymologist that Yaska quotes but disagrees with. Yaska claims to be a successor of Shakatayana, an early etymologist who also he quotes. In comparison, the earliest Western etymologist was Plato and Yaska himself predates Plato by many centuries. The Nirukta of Yaska is a treatise on etymology and semantics explaining how words in the Vedas got their meanings. Many of the words he explains are from the Nighantu, a thesaurus of words appearing in the Vedas. Some say that Yaska himself is the author of the Nighantu also. The period of Yaska is uncertain. He is thought to have lived in the early part of the first millennium BCE. Yaska applied a practical and scientific method to deriving the origin of words. He was a secular man and did not ascribe any ritualistic, mystic or supernatural elements to his analysis. Yaska's Nirukta is the earliest surviving etymological treatise in the world. The basic premise of Yaska's study was that all words in a language can be reduced to a set of basic elements called roots. No word in a language is underivable from a root. He enunciated three general principles for deriving words from roots. The first principle is derive words from roots in the normal fashion, modifying the root to get regular grammatical forms. For example, pachaka from the root pachkuk, bheda from bhid, break, bodha from bud, no, etc. These words are formed by taking the root, modifying the root, gunating or vridhi, and adding the standard suffixes. But Yaska says that one needs to be careful when applying this principle to get back to the root as the word may have undergone many structural changes. Some of these changes are syncope, loss of one or more sounds from the interior of a word. Example, jagmu, they went, from the root gum, go. Metathesis, transposition of sounds and syllables in a word, especially contiguous ones. Example, tarku, spindle, knife, from the root krit, cut. Anaptixis, insertion of a vowel in a word. Example, bharuja, roast barley, from the root bhraj, fry, roast. Haplology, elimination of a syllable when two identical or similar syllables occur consecutively. Example, tricha, from three richa, three plus richa, three verses. Assimilation, vowels or consonants changing to be more similar to nearby sounds. Example, mukta, simple, naive, from the root muh, to be crazed. All these processes will make it difficult to get to the original root. His second principle is, if the first principle cannot be used, use the meaning of the word and derive it from some similarity of form or similarity of letter or syllable. Thus, you can derive ishti, sacrifice, from yaj, to sacrifice. It is important to understand this principle carefully and not misuse it. 
many a time words that come from the same source would have altered so much that there's not much in common among them for example the sanskrit word hansa latin anser german guns greek hina and english goose have the same origin it is important that this rule be applied only in reference to the context and the meaning of the word his third principle is derive the word in accordance with its meaning if the meanings of the words are the same their etymologies should be the same and if their meanings are different their etymologies will be different for example the word ishti as we saw before derived from the root yaj means sacrifice a similar word ishta derived from the root ish means wished similarly the word anudara analyzed as an udara means miser but analyzed as anudara means followed by wife this is true of other languages also for example the english word sound can mean noise test the depth or strong the first two derivations are from latin through french son and sonder whereas the third is from old english sund in english the word clip has two opposite meanings to fasten together and to cut the word derives from two different sources old germanic english clipan clasp and old norse clippa cut jaska has a very detailed discussion on how names of objects are formed he implies that a particular name comes to be associated with a particular object even though other objects can also have the same name for example the word takshaka he who cuts wood means carpenter though others also can cut wood or the word bhumija born of earth is applied only to the planet mars though there are other things born of earth yaska was a person who was remarkably free of fanaticism and bigotry and followed a very rationalistic approach to his deductions and analysis in one of the chapters there is a frank discussion about the skepticism that obtained then about the authority of the vedas and which claimed that the vedic stanzas are meaningless yaska himself believed and establishes that the vedic hymns are revealed and so authoritative and handed down from generation to generation his work is to facilitate the careful study of the vedas there have been a few commentators of the nirukta the most important of which is by durga or durga simha an ascetic who was descended from vasishta and who lived in a hermitage near jammu in the 13th century ce there is an interesting episode in his commentary yaska uses the stanza rigveda 3.23.53 to explain the meaning of the word lodham durga refuses to comment on this because quote the stanza in which this word occurs is hostile to vasishta and i am a descendant of vasishta of the kapishthala branch hence i do not explain this stanza unquote it is interesting to note that the vedas too sometimes showed the base instincts of people in fact yaska says that some of the vedic stanzas are imprecatory this is the end of this episode thank you for visiting and listening to this episode i hope you have enjoyed listening to it as much as i did making it please visit my websites paramokrumathur.com and avasanskrit.com for further inputs about the sanskrit language take care